This episode is brought to you by Rhino Skin Solutions. This company was founded by two friends of mine right at my home area of Smith Rock, and it is my go-to when it comes to taking care of my skin. My favorite products are the Repair Cream. I use that almost every day and the performance cream and dry spray for whenever I am climbing in warm or humid conditions. If you want to level up your skin game, head over to rhinoskinsolutions.com and enter code NUGGET at checkout for 20% off your next order and start taking better care of your precious skin today. This episode is also brought to you by my patrons. If you have been loving the show and want to help out, one of the best ways to do that is to head over to thenuggetclimbing.com, click on that support the podcast button at the top and find your way to Patreon. There's also a link right there in your podcast app. You can sign up for Patreon for $5 per month and that gets you all sorts of perks. That will give you access to all of the follow-up episodes that I've put out so far, more than two dozen of them. That will also get your questions asked on the show, as you will hear in this episode, and that will also get you access to ad-free episodes so you can skip ads like this one. If you want to help out and check out more tiers and more perks, head over to thenuggetclimbing.com, find that support the podcast button, or you can scroll down right there in your podcast app and find a direct link to patreon.com slash thenuggetclimbing. It just takes a few minutes to sign up and you can cancel at any time, no questions asked. Thank you so much to you guys who do support the show and thank you all of you for listening. Hello friends and welcome to the Nugget Climbing Podcast. This is Stephen Dimmitt and my guest today is Austin Hoyt. Austin is one of the youngest guests I've had so far on the podcast. He's 18 years old from New York, and this kid has already racked up one of the more impressive tick lists I've ever seen. I talk about his tick list right away in this episode, so you will hear what I'm talking about. But this episode was really fun. It was a nice glimpse into the bouldering scene in the Northeast, something I haven't checked out at all yet and would really like to, especially after talking with Austin. We talked about how Austin balances outdoor climbing with school, how he balances indoor training with outdoor climbing volume, with outdoor projecting and putting up first ascents. He's put a lot of hard first ascents up already. We talked about how he got into climbing in the first place and why he credits his very impressive progression through climbing to his first climbing coach and some of the things he learned from watching his coach, Charlie, climb. We talked about how he's found so many new boulders in these well-established areas and how he looks for new stuff. We talked about his love of the gunks. We talked about the first ascent of his most recent hard climb, Flashing Lights, a new V14. And he made a really cool film about that that you can check out. I'll put that in the show notes. And we talked about his filmmaking. Austin has made quite a few climbing films. They have a really cool, old-school, kind of skateboard-style feel to them. We talked about where that inspiration comes from and some of the equipment that he uses to make his films. We talked about how he trains on a spray wall. That's his main mode of training. And we talked about his newest project, his plans to travel coming up. And we talked a lot about his love for the Northeast and his ongoing goal to continue developing the bouldering near his home. 
If you want to get in touch with Austin after listening to this, the best place to find him is on Instagram. I'll link to his Instagram in the show notes for this episode. And please enjoy this very fun and very stoked conversation with Austin Hoyt. Right on, man. Well, really good to see you. Thanks for being here. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me. I'm very excited. Me too. Me too. I was uh, catching up on what you've been up to today, refreshing my memory, and uh, I'm going to brag about you here in a little bit for people that don't know your know your <laughs> name or you, recognize you. your name. But um, you're 18. You're talking to me from New York. You're three hours ahead at 6 p.m. there. Can you give me a little glimpse into your world, where you are right now, and what your day looked like today? Yeah, so today, I actually had off school today, so I went climbing today, which was pretty nice. I went to this, like, local area in Connecticut. It's, like, like an hour and a half away. It's not that far. But it wasn't, like, the best session. But, like, I got a day in at least. But usually on school days, I, uh, I like, go out after school to, like, local 15-minute-away areas and just try projects there. Yeah, so... You're 18, you're still in school. And I, I just love that. I wanted to ask you that because I'm like, what does the life of an 18-year-old kid look like when they are as prolific as you are at climbing? Because I didn't have that. I started when I was 18 and they never really overlapped that much. I want to share some stats for people listening. I was looking at your 8A today and I'll tell people what that is because I throw around 8A like everyone knows what it yeah. is, um, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. people probably don't. But 8A.nu is a website that a lot of climbers like Austin use to keep track of their outdoor sends, their outdoor climbs, um, mm -hmm. you know, whether they flashed it, on-sided, red-pointed, make a little comment, things like that. So I was able to look at Austin's tick list of all these boulders that he's done. And for people listening, so... Austin started climbing in 2015. He's 18 now. So not that long ago. Uh, you've already logged 613 total boulder problems. Oh, yeah. Big 8A guy. 195 of them double digits. That blew me away. Uh, uh, I'm, I'm closing in on my goal of 200. <laughs> you're almost there, man. Yeah. I think you're get one more week <laughs> at, this, oh, yeah. at this rate. It might be 196 now after. I think I did one today. 196. Amazing. Yeah. So, and in the last 12 months, this blew my lid off. You've done 70 double digit boulders and most of your hardest ones in the last 12 months. So I read that you're 18. I'm like, the biggest question comes to mind is like, how have you had the time? <laughs> I see a lot of people ask me that. Like a lot of, a lot of people think I don't go to school. Right. Can you describe yeah. your lifestyle? Like how, how do you do that? Are you that I mean, close to that much climbing I, yeah i'm not that, go ahead i'm kind of like a weekend warrior sometimes like a lot of those ticks are like are me leaving on a friday night right after school driving all of that night getting there then climbing saturday climbing sunday and leaving sunday night and like going back to school on monday <laughs> like um, that's kind of been like that's like the project way for me but like when i uh when I climb on school days, it's a little different. I like, uh, I have areas that are pretty close, but it's not like well-developed. A lot of it's like projects left over from like Andy Salo era. I don't mm. know if people know who that is, but like a 
a legend around here. Go watch Dosage Five if you don't know who. That yeah, is. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But uh, like it's like a lot of that era projects, and uh, they're only like 15 minutes away, or like max like 40 minutes. So there's no reason I can't get out to them after school. Hmm. When you're talking about that weekend trip. Tell us where you're based and then where are some examples of the places that you go spend the most time, the most weekends? So this, since this season just kicked in, I'll kind of use last season as an example, but okay. last I'm based in New York, but like 30 minutes out of the city. So I'm about two hours from all the major Northeast climbing areas, which is kind of nice. But last season I was going to Bradley, Connecticut a lot where I was today, actually. Like me and my friends were super stoked on it and we, we climbed out a, like a majority of it, but those were more of like the day trips cause only two hours. <laughs> but sometimes I would, uh, like the, the multiple day trips would be smugglers notch in Vermont. Okay. That's about like a five hour drive. So I would drive, I would actually like sleep in my truck just in the back seats. I, I threw like a camping pad on the two back seats and just lay down there and slept there for the night. And then I would go wake up in the morning, meet my friend's project, then sleep, and then drive home. You're just going solo. A lot of my climbing days are just solo. Like that's I found I climb my best when I'm solo or with my father. Okay. Yeah. That's cool. Let's circle back. I have a note about him later on. Yeah. But yeah, so you're driving out to Vermont or wherever, and you're just meeting friends that live more locally. I mean, sometimes I like, sometimes they're locally, but sometimes we just like drive out separately and meet up there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I drive with them too. Okay. And what are some other of the big areas? I mean, I've never, I've never been to the Northeast. I've never climbed there. I know of the gunks. I know of Rumney. Those are at yep. the top of my list. I know of the new, um, yeah. What are some of the big areas that you spent the most time? I mean, the gunks is like my second home. That's my favorite bouldering area of all time. It's super like, I don't want to say like frowned upon or something for bouldering, but a lot of people, I don't think give it the credit that, that it deserves. Mm. So that's my favorite Northeast area. But also we have places like uh, Great Barrington. There's like a, in dosage five, actually, the Roses and Blue Jays. That's where that is. Okay. Like, I think it's pretty popular. Um, there's like Farley uh what else bradley where i was patuckaway is another pretty popular one and even like acadia in maine i think everybody knows that national or like most people would know that national park but like the climbing there is like mega hmm okay and even even uh i always forget it's not really the northeast but like i love climbing in pennsylvania as well it's like super under the radar wow yeah okay how are you learning about all these areas are there are there guidebooks or are you just do you know the people that know the stuff? A lot of Northeast climbing, it seems like, is kind of under the radar or like word of mouth. Yeah. It's like, it's good and bad. Yeah. But the way I usually learn about it, I kind of do like Facebook deep dives sometimes. Kind of <laughs> weird to, I don't know if I've ever talked about this, but like uh, I would go on like the OG climbers, like Facebook pages and just look at pictures they posted. And I have a few of their numbers. So I would like screenshot it and then like text them and ask where it was. And they're usually like super psyched to share. That's hilarious. That's amazing. Yeah, it was, I don't know. I, it's pretty, it works. I don't know. Whatever works. Yeah. yeah. You're, I mean, yeah. I look at your tick list and I'm like, this guy is like the most psyched guy. Like I think I'm psyched. <laughs> and then I, I look at your tick list and I'm like, I'm not actually that psyched. <laughs> oh, man. You're hustling. Hey. I, I want to know, like, did this start when you 
How did you do this before you turned 16 and got a driver's license? Were you still finding a way to go do trips, climbing with your dad? Yeah, so before I turned, before I got my license, it was either my dad driving me or my coach driving me, Charlie, Charlie Schreiber. He was like a major influence for me. Like he took me outdoor climbing my first time and definitely opened my eyes up to it. But my dad was definitely like involved a lot. Like he would, uh, all right, I, I like, hey, let's go to Vermont this this weekend. Sure, we'll we'll be there. It, it didn't like always work like that, but most of the time it was like, yeah, why not? Okay, and let's back up a few steps. I want to ask how you first discovered climbing, and then I want to come back to your your coach. Uh, I just have a note here that says Ninja Warrior plus Ice Cream Shop. Does, oh yes. Does that <laughs> does that mean anything to you? Because <laughs> yeah, I love doing this. Because you and I talked like over a month <laughs> yeah. ago, and I'm like, I don't actually remember what that me- <laughs> what that means. <laughs> that's an amazing. That's legendary. Okay, so when like I don't know, I didn't really know about climbing. Like I had done it for one of my friend's birthday parties, but I I didn't like like it or anything. So one day we went to this like local ice cream shop. And we saw a pamphlet for the uh, for like a new Ninja Warrior gym opening up that they were gonna have climbing too. But I mean, I knew what Ninja Warrior was because it was on TV and stuff. So I was like, oh, let's go there. Or I think maybe my mom was like, hey, let's go there. So next weekend or the weekend after that, I like went and tried the Ninja Warrior stuff, and I was like, oh, this is cool. This is cool. I don't mind it. But then I looked at the bouldering cave, and I went over there, and I was like, I don't know. I wasn't like necessarily bad. Like a lot, I feel like a lot of people say they like suck when they first start as for what I heard. But like when I like, I like did like a V1 in my street shoes and I kind of surprised myself. I was like, Oh, all right. I think that like the first week I went, I started like, I was doing like V3s. Wow. Which I can't like, that I just really like, good the coach at the time. Yeah. The coach at the time was like, Oh, you should be on the competitive team. His name was Russell. And, I, I didn't like try out for the team or anything. He just put me on it. Okay. It kind of weird, but like, <laughs> and then ever since, like ever since being on the team, I was, I've been in love with climbing. Well, as you think back on that, what would you pinpoint that to? Is there anything in your past before climbing that explains that at all? Like any other sports? I mean, you weren't a gymnast or anything. Were no, you? I don't. I mean, I wasn't a big like team sport guy. I like, I tried, I mean, I did like every sport. I did baseball. I tried soccer. I tried lacrosse even. That was not for me. But, uh, and then I, I, after all of that, I started racing BMX with my dad actually. And I was like, oh, this is cool. I don't have to like, I mean, like as bad as it sounds, I don't have to depend on other people. It's like just my fault if I do bad or it's just my fault if I do good. Yeah. So I think just like sports like that, I kind of like, I tend to enjoy. Mm-hmm. And you just happen to be really good at climbing your first day, your first week. I guess. Yeah. I guess so. Okay. Let's talk about your first coach. I wanted to ask you what you would credit for your progression. I'll, I'll let you tackle that. I have follow-up questions. but Yes. Yeah. Are there any things that you can point to that have... I mean, that that's a pretty remarkable progression. A lot of kids these days start really young and they're really strong by the time they're your age. But you started at like 12. Is that right? Yeah. That's not that young, you know, it's compared not, to yeah, like a, young. compared to a Drew Ruana or Sean Bailey. I think those guys both started like at six or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's pretty remarkable. Getting to V14. Thank you. By age 18 or 17, whenever I you mean, did your first five, uh, V14. I got a, 
I gotta like credit everything to Charlie, like my first coach, Charlie, like 100% everything besides, I guess, like my psych. But if he wasn't like, if he wasn't my coach, if he wasn't there, I don't think I would be as good as I was today, like by any means. He, uh, he, I don't know how to put this. He like used like negative reinforcement and I never thought it worked. I didn't like it and it didn't work for me, but then all of a sudden it did work. And it was like the craziest thing ever because I would hate it during the time he was doing it. But then like a month later it worked and I was not scared of lead falls anymore or I was doing dinos on lead. Like I think I probably, <laughs> I think I probably cried on the lead wall like at least <laughs> once or twice, but this is like as a 12 year old. Yeah, exactly. Can you give me some examples? Like what was, is he yelling at you? Is he, well, yeah. wait, before we go any further, it's important that we are great friends. Too, so. <laughs> Noted. Okay. Yes. But, uh, it wasn't like necessarily yelling. It was just like facing your fear kind of thing. Like I was, I wasn't like scared of heights, but I was scared of rope climbing. So maybe I was scared of heights, but I won't admit that. Uh, <laughs> but he would like just put me on the lead wall and like do this dino or else you're not coming down kind of thing oh okay yeah i don't know if that's like i don't know if it's bad to talk about and i don't know if he's gonna be upset but <laughs> it worked really well do you remember what it felt like when when it transitioned like at first it didn't work you're up there really upset whatever what, what happened like what happened when it clicked into gear well i mean at some point, I like I would do the move that he was holding me up there, and then like I would feel great. I'd be like, mm. "Oh, I'm the best. Let's go. I can do anything." Kind of thing, and like it was it was always it was always good in the end. Like there was never any bad ending. Okay. I, well, I did get kicked off the team one day for <laughs> for one practice. <laughs> that's my that's one of our favorite stories to go back on. <laughs> you and him. Yeah. What did you do? Did you rebel? What what happened? <laughs> yeah. I think I just like, he like hung me up there and I just took my shoes off and I just like threw them. <laughs> <laughs> you I, just, was, I was, I just tied you off and said, you're off the team. See ya. <laughs> See you tomorrow. More or less. I was, yeah. Yeah. Have fun sleeping up there in your harness. <laughs> <laughs> but, so that was, that was a great, that was a great memory. <laughs> what else? Um, Was there anything else? that people can replicate that you guys would do. I mean, mm -hmm. did your, did his coaching of you, did your training and practice, did it look any, any different from any other team or anything new? He was like, he was, I don't know many coaches that are more like involved than him. He like his nine to five was in the gym doing everything for the team. Like he would come in the morning, set climbs for us, set a comp round. We would do the comp round and then he would stay later and then like prep for the next practice during that day. He did a lot of like station work, but I feel like a lot of teams do that, but he did it like in a different way. It was like, he would set like this technical traverse, you know, like technic screw on pink crimps. <laughs> any chance? Um, I'm sure I'd recognize them, but yeah. go ahead and describe them for me and for people listening. They're like, like usually like half pad, crimps okay so like not bad but he would put them on like a 20 degree overhanging wall and set like a technical traverse just for us to like 
learn how to use our feet more. Mm. So it was a lot of just like just set things for us. That's he cool. We could do whatever he wanted to basically with the gym. Okay. Yeah. He was and like, we did a lot of, I think the other like main thing I would credit is like all of the spray wall climbing I did, which is like super important. Mm. I didn't really, I like, I did a little bit of campus boarding, like the third year I was climbing, but I haven't done like any campus boarding. I've only basically spray walled. That's fascinating. That's been a really consistent theme on the podcast lately. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone listening is like, how, how do we get our hands on a spray wall? Go buy a mm -hmm. grasshopper board. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, that's awesome. I, so that's interesting. So he's just setting very targeted, very specific drills for you guys, basically, to work on. Yeah. Like, we're working on foot tension today. So here's the drill for that. Exactly. That's cool. Really he did cool. a lot of, seems like he did a lot of research. Like, he knew what he was talking about. Okay. Yeah. What was his name again? Charlie Schreiber. What is his name, rather? I'm sure he's, yeah. hope he's still with us. Oh, he is. He is. <laughs> okay. Strong and mighty as ever. Nice. And when was he your coach from how old to how old? Uh, okay. He was my coach from more or less the day I started climbing, like competitively on the team, to uh, about probably a year and a half, two years ago, maybe. He moved to uh, Philadelphia, but he we, he's still like, I can text him and he'll still help me out. Okay. If I don't know what to do, how do I train for this, Charlie? He'll like give me a workout plan. Is that like, how do I train for this boulder I want to do or this specific move that I can't stick? Like, w what would an example text be? I, uh, so before I went on one of my Red Rocks trips, it was it wasn't like a amazing trip because I, I kind of, it was like totally my fault. But uh, he, I like asked him, I wanted to train for the nest. So I, I got pretty psyched on it. And uh, I asked him, how do I train for this? So he gave me like a right lock off specific training plan, basically. Okay. Which, well, it sucks though. I tried the nest for like one day. So it, was, it wasn't even work. Like it didn't do anything. Like it was, I was just dumb. <laughs> yeah. Why? Because you got too distracted with other stuff or what? Yeah, more or less. I was like, oh, wait, but there's this boulder here. And this boulder. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like uh yeah it seems like that is the uh the crux for you with all your psych yeah yeah, yeah it's it doesn't help all the time sadly it's harder on trips too yeah 100 percent. yeah especially if you've never been there before everything's new and shiny mm -hmm. yeah i'm going on a trip to to bishop in december actually okay so hopefully i can uh get past that roadblock Okay. Yeah. Cause you, you have a, a hard one picked out if I remember oh, yeah. rightly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The swarm. <laughs> the swarm. Bad. Sick. So how are you preparing for that? Have you texted Charlie about the swarm? Not yet. I think I kind of like. It seems well, like that one's more in your wheelhouse maybe. Yeah. I was, I was going to say that one's definitely more in my wheelhouse, but uh, I did actually talk to him about it and he told me basically just to like contact strength and like jumping the crimps kind of thing. Okay. The, like, and that's what I do already. So I think if I just continue spray boarding, it, it should go well. Fingers crossed. Okay. <laughs> awesome. One thing we didn't talk about before when I was, um, when I was talking about your 8A account and bragging about all these double digit boulders you've done, a lot of them are first ascents too. And those take more time to find, to clean, to work out the beta, whatever else. 
how did that start? I mean, because that's not a usual thing for someone your age to have done as many new boulders as you've done. Mm-hmm. Um, huh. I think it was with Charlie, actually. Like, again. But uh, there's this local area near my house called Power Lines. And I, I don't want to discredit it because it was like where I started climbing. And it's not the best by any means, but it's like pretty fun. I think, honestly, I feel like a lot of people in New England know about it and give it like a bad rep, but it's not bad. Anyways, Charlie like developed all of it, basically, him and his friend Matt. So when he took me there, he was like, yeah, so I actually, I have would this, I have would this, I first sent this, and I didn't know what he meant. <laughs> so he like, yeah, so he like explained it to me and I, I was like, I thought that was sick. The first person to do it and like your name's attached to it, that's cool. Hmm. So he took me to like a new area, basically across the highway from that area. And he was like, here, you should do this one. I, no one's done it yet. And I don't know. I, I guess I didn't think anything of it at the time, but like that was my first FA. And ever since then, I just, it's like a more puzzle than like doing already developed stuff. You kind of know what you're doing already. And I really love the puzzle solving factor of the FAs. For some reason, that like is super intriguing to me. I, I I don't know why. That's awesome. Yeah, I dig, I get that. I dig that. Yeah. Was Charlie the one that said just chase me? Just yeah. Yes. What did he mean by that? Yes. Okay. So when me and my friend Adam Shahar were on the climbing team, we we always we always like pretended we were as good as Charlie and stuff. <laughs> Like, oh, I can do or I can do this one, you can't do this one kind of thing. But uh he was like always definitely better than us. But every training session, he would just tell us the same thing. Don't try to chase each other, chase me. Mm. Because Adam and I were like super competitive or are super competitive still. But uh he was like, just try to be as good as me at this point in time. And it it worked because we would just train with him every session. And every session, we'd get a little closer to sending his project before him. <laughs> <laughs> nice. This might be <clears throat> this might be a hard answer, I'm, I'm, or a hard yeah. question to answer, but I'll try. Is there anything you can distinctly remember watching Charlie, <clears throat> like noticing anything about the way that he climbed that you realized, like, oh, I don't do that, or I'm not good at that? Does anything stand out? Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Uh, def- in comps, I've noticed it the most when he climbs, but he like doesn't let go. And I know a lot of people like don't let go, but he doesn't let go. <laughs> it's absurd. He's like shaking as hard as he can, and he's still holding on. And I feel like at a certain point, when I'm tired, I just almost just let go. Hmm. I'm like, oh, I'll do it next attempt or after I rest. But for him, it seems like there's never a, a next attempt. It's always this attempt. Hmm. Pure grit. Try hard. Yeah. I, yeah. Hold basically. on for dear life. Okay. Yeah. It's not <laughs> graceful, but it works. <laughs> I want to ask you more about development too. So oh, yeah. after that first area, <clears throat> um, you've developed a lot of stuff in a lot of different areas now. Mm-hmm. How do you go about finding new things, new areas, new boulders? So it actually, it goes back to like the, the OGs around here, like Andy and, uh, Paul Jung and uh, Coots, like they all, 
they all had projects they like couldn't do. So I, w- I think as I I came up and started climbing, I was going to these comps that they were orchestrating, and they would see me every now and then. And every year I'd get better and better until finally I climbed outside with Coots one day, and he told me about all these projects and the gunks at least. And I was like blown away. So I just kept, I mean, if you could talk to him, he'd probably be so annoyed, but I, like he gave me his phone number. I'm sure he regretted that because <laughs> I, I texted him so much. I, I was like, where's this? Where's this? Where's that? So I don't like, I'm not the best at finding all these like new areas that no one's ever seen before. Usually it's like, they give me like hints or they don't fully remember how to get there, but it's in this general area. Mm. And I would just like hike into the woods and run around for like three hours. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the gist of it though. Okay. So most of it's been like cleaning up neglected or forgotten projects. Yeah. It's yeah. I, I guess there's no, I want like, there's not really any areas that I've like found and put on the map. It's, it's all kind of forgotten about. Okay. That's cool. I wish I I wish I could say it was different. I would love to find like a completely untapped zone. That's like a definitely a dream mine. Yeah, I mean I think everyone would, but I, I think your story is even more inspiring just how I mean you've done tons of new stuff. So that the fact that there's that much new hard stuff waiting oh, to be done crazy. in these like very famous areas is is uh inspiring if i can just talk about the gunks for like one please one minute (laughs) i actually wanted you to sell me on going to the gunks i've never gone it's a very it's a (laughs) it's a very long drive for me i'm scared of the weather i'm afraid i'm gonna get shut down by rain the whole time (laughs) so yeah tell me okay i can talk about as my friends could probably tell you i can talk about the gunks like all day but it's like crazy undeveloped for bouldering Everybody kind of knows like the carriage road or like Peterskill. Those are like the two main areas, but there's like micro areas that like they can't get blown up because the access is kind of sketchy, but the climbing there is phenomenal. And there's like, there's one wall in the gunks where I FA to 13. There's another 13 Chris Sharma FA that I got second ascent on. Actually, that was cool. Then there's like another V11 a V13 start to that that's still a project, like a V14 project, all on the same 45-degree wall. It's crazy. Wow. I don't... I know a lot of people also say they don't like the rock type there, like the pebbles, but you learn to like it. It's <laughs> <laughs> Do you know... I, I'm not a geologist at all, but uh, do you know what the rock type is? I, I wish I knew exactly. I know it's com- some kind of conglomerate, but I'm pretty sure it's like its own thing, kind of like just there kind of thing. Not like just there, but it. I think like the gunks is like part of the name of the rock or something. I don't, I'm not, I wish I could tell you. Okay. Okay. I'll look it up. I'll find something yeah. and put it in the show notes for people that That'd are curious. Sick. Yeah. But uh, I have like, or at least I'm working on, I have, I think two parts right now of like this like film series I do for the gunks called gunkaholics yeah so it's if you like follow that or if anybody follows it it's gonna be uh documenting all of the like hidden gems or the small areas of the gunks basically nice have you you've done three of those so far i i'm working the third should be done by the end of the season okay 
Yeah, but I have the second one is out, and it is. I like it's like I, I take pride in that one. I'm ha- proud of it. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> How old were you when you put out the first one and then the second? Oh one? man, the first one is like funny because, and I, I'm like I look back on it and I kind of cringe almost. <laughs> I'm but smiling think, too because I watched these after um, after I started talking with you a little bit. I was like, "Who's this guy?" And <laughs> um, I want to circle back to your filmmaking in a little bit. Yeah, yeah. But watching the Gunkaholics Volume One and then Two, like the your progression, your growth as a human being, like you sprouted, yeah. and then your progression in your climbing from that to the Volume Two was just like mind blowing. Yeah, <laughs> even like looking back on it now, like. I'm so happy I documented that because I wouldn't believe it. Mm. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. But like, like the first one's like, I mean, V8s are like hard still, but the first one's like all V8s. And then at the end, it finishes off with like a V11 that took me like six days to do, I think. And then uh, the second one, I think starts off with a V11 and then like finishes or has like, or starts off with a V13 or something. I don't know. It was, it's crazy to look back on. That's for sure. Sorry to spray. I, I I'm pretty good at spraying, so that's great. To, no, you're spray. you're excited about it. That's that's what we need to get people excited to check out areas that are outside of their routine. You know. Oh yeah. Um, because there's so much history there. I've wanted to go for a long time, but <laughs> the funny thing is, I'm more intrigued knowing that there's a lot of bouldering to do there. Yeah. Than I otherwise yeah, if, was. If you're ever around just hit me up i will gladly take you to the the best areas nice what is the season uh i mean you can climb all year round but like summer is the worst for sure okay i did a bunch of winter sessions in like two feet of snow the boulders usually stay dry like the gunks dry in like two hours it's kind of like colorado okay which is really nice but i would say fall and spring is the season okay yeah and does it get a lot of rain there um, it, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people think that, that New England rains like a lot, a lot. It's not that bad. This year was pretty bad. Like we've had, I think one or two weeks, we had straight rain, mm. which was horrible. But this last two week stretch has been like perfect weather. What do you do when it rains for two weeks? Uh, there's a few boulders that don't get wet. Sometimes I'll just like risk it and see. Maybe I can get a session in there, but I mean, sadly, it's usually like either hiking or training and I training is it's fun, but I'd rather go outdoors. I want to ask you how you balance your training with your Mm -hmm. outdoor climbing and then more specifically, like given how massive your base is and how many climbs you send all the time, how do you balance projecting hard things with those two other things? So there's, there's kind of three ingredients there. I'm curious how they all fit together. The projecting one was like a big struggle for me. I'll start on the training one too. But uh, for training, when Charlie would make me training plans, I never, like I couldn't follow them because I didn't understand how to mix training and climbing. Like I'm, it didn't make sense to me. Like how am I gonna have these set days and have no set days to go outdoor climbing? Like it didn't work with my, with my brain. It wasn't clicking. But as I got older, I was like, okay, there's going to be some weekends where I can't go out to climbing because I need to train. I accept that now. But at the same time, I usually just end up doing double sessions. <laughs> yeah. So, so I would like, 
like yes or two days ago i was out on one of my projects then i got home ate dinner and went to the basement and did like an endurance circuit so training is kind of like a, a wacky thing to me i don't really follow a set regimen i instead just kind of do what i want when i want and it seems to work for now okay do you always prioritize the outdoor climbing yes except like i'm doing youth this is my last year of youth competitions so i'm prioritizing like youth this last year more than outdoor climbing for once hopefully hopefully some happens with that that'd be cool I, but uh usually i i uh focus on outdoor climbing the most okay so your double session on the weekend you would go climbing outside come home mm-hmm. eat some food then go I feel, uh, the go weekend's kind of uh, usually a double session would be like a it's weird to say a school day but like it'd, it'd be a school day like i would get home and then eat and then go so i'd probably be up to like 10 or 11 okay Not that bad. yeah <laughs> but then on the weekend <laughs> on the weekend i would like uh Let's see. What's my normal weekend like? My normal weekends are kind of crazy, I feel like, because I'm usually doing outdoor climbing Saturday and outdoor climbing Sunday. Okay, so now we cover training. What about volume versus focusing in on a project? Okay, so I haven't experienced it that much, but recently, like last month, was the first time I experienced actual hard projecting and it was a like a really tough mental battle i i didn't expect it to be that hard i thought uh like those videos of daniel woods and and things like jimmy webb projecting they were kind of exaggerating but no it was hard Mm. i i feel like when i'm project i tend to put all of my focus in that so on my last project flashing lights the one i had recently I didn't try anything else for the entire time I was projecting it. I think the 17 sessions or something, Mm. I didn't try a single other boulder problem. I don't know if that's the right way to do it, but that's how I did it. So now I'm kind of like on the offload period where I'm trying so many other boulder problems. I'm, I don't really care what happens right now. I'm just kind of having fun. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I wanted to talk to you about that one. I just watched your video earlier today. Okay. Yeah. 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 Which is, which is awesome. So, uh, flashing lights first ascent V14 ish, something ish, like that. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. That's awesome. Yeah. I really, really like the film. And yeah, I mean, whatever it was, 15 or 17 days, it's mm-hmm. very significant. That's a lot of days, especially on a boulder. I think I feel I, I've done a little bit of that. Um, mm-hmm. I've never tried anything that long, uh, any boulder that long, but I, yeah. You know, the days just go by so much quicker when you're trying a sport climb because you you have two or three burns per day, right? Yeah. But on a boulder, that really starts to feel like... Oh, it was... Yeah. Yeah. I think I was doing like... <laughs> I think some days... Some days I'd go and do like an hour session, but some days I'd go and do like a three-hour session or like a four-hour session. Yeah. And it was like... My skin was like burning by the end of it. <laughs> Couldn't hold my phone. <laughs> Yeah, it was bad. <laughs> Can you describe the boulder for people? Yeah, so it's a probably like twenty feet. It's about forty degrees overhanging most of it. It starts low on like this. It's like an in cut jug, basically. It's pretty big. You can fit both hands on it. 
then you throw up to like this flat edge, which is pretty good, but it's like a gas, it's a right hand Gaston on a 40 degree and it's flat. So it's not great, but it's enough to like use your momentum to blast left hand to a in cut, I'd say half pad crimp. And then you like work your feet up and you blast to the flat, another flat right hand Gaston actually. Oh, I never realized there were two. That's crazy. <laughs> but yeah, that just clicked. And then that move is the hardest move on the climb. I think me and my friends agreed doing that sequence, or I guess climbing into the stand, which would add the next left-hand shoulder move as well, is about V12 on its own. So that would be what? One, two. That'd be about four or five move V12. And then you're matched up on this like pad-sized crimp. And you have to go big to this half pad flat slot on like 40 degrees again. And you like stay super tight with the right foot and dyno to, uh, I don't know. It's not bad, but I can never hit it right. It's like this pad sized crimp and you're just like giving everything you got. And it's almost a Gaston, but it's like flat enough to where you don't treat it as a Gaston. And then you do some like tick or not tic tac. You do two more big like V eight moves that you totally could fall on. I almost fell on them in the Sengo. Mm. But uh and then you like hit the victory jug. It's like perfectly sculpted too. Nice. <laughs> it's an impressive looking boulder. I mean it's it's steep, it's tall, and it's a like a sit down start, but not yeah. like a bunchy weird thing. I mean yeah. it's yeah, it's it looks really cool. Thank you. Thank yeah. that means a lot to hear. How hard is the stand? Uh, the stand was FA'd by my friend Adam, and he called it 10 slash 11. I, don't, okay. I think he called it 10 slash 11, but closer to 11. Okay. <laughs> yeah, one of those kind of things. Yeah, okay. What was the most time you'd spent on a project before that one? Prior to that, I think it was nine days, but it was like, it was like, it was like fake projecting. What do you mean? that makes sense. I... I would go back to it every once in a while, but every time I'd go back, I'd have to restart the process all over. Okay. Yeah. So like, I think I probably could have done in like six or five or six days. It was a bad climb too. I'm like, it was an <laughs> eliminate, but it was like 10 minutes from my house and I'm like, oh, all right, why not? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> gotcha. Still dialing in the projecting process. I like it. Uh, with oh, flashing yeah. lights, were you, I assume you were still climbing indoors and training throughout mm -hmm. that process? Yeah. Okay. You just weren't climbing on anything else outdoors? Yeah, okay. exactly. I think I would do like a flashing light session, rest day, indoor session, and then usually another indoor session, then a rest day, and then a flashing light session, something like that. Okay. I tried to get a, a training session in between every outdoor session. Okay. I don't know gotcha. if that's the right way to do it, but it seemed to work. <laughs> that's pretty smart, I think. That gives your skin a chance to recover yeah. a little bit in those specific exactly. spots. Yeah. Nice, man. Is this your most uh, significant or gratifying send so far? Yeah, actually, yeah. I didn't think it was going to be, but 100%, yeah. The only thing that comes close is a uh, nuclear war in my okay. bedroom. Because like, it's like legendary from Dosage 5. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's like the only other thing that comes close. Yeah, for people listening, if that name is familiar, uh, in Dosage 5, in that Secrets of the East segment, Matt Bosley does that one. I remember that. Like, when you mentioned the name, yeah. I was like, why do I know that? And then 
you mentioned his name and I was like, oh, I can picture this guy like yep. holding this giant swing on this horizontal so roof. Cool. And gotta, <laughs> it's like gotta be like the coolest boulder I've ever done. Where is that one? Uh, that's in New York as well. It's in this place called Master Bedroom in Harriman State Park. Master Bedroom. Okay. It's like a crazy roof. I don't know if you can tell from dosage five, but it's huge. Mm. But yeah, that climb was sick. When was that one? So that was my first V13 too, actually, which was cool. I think I did that. I couldn't tell you the exact date, but I want to say at the beginning of 2020. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Damn. Nice. You've done a lot of them since then. Yeah. It kind of, after that, it like something clicked and I just Uh. started like, uh, I don't know if, I feel like a lot of people know who Troy Photo is, but, uh, He's like a like a legendary northeast climber. Okay. But uh he told me like after I did nuke he was like something clicked in you and you just started doing everything. It was crazy. It's funny how that happens. Yeah. I mean I mean for you it's like you haven't been climbing that long and yeah. you know maybe you just crossed crossed some like strength or skill or both threshold. Mm-hmm. But uh th- yeah, that happens all the time. It it seems like there is a pretty strong mental unlock to that as well like just the belief yeah it happened to my friend like i know isaac my friend isaac less who also did he's like me isaac and adam we all climb together and we all climb about the same but isaac recently told me that like when i told him i was project in nuclear war it opened his eyes up and uh it made him super psyched to start projecting it and then we all did nuclear war in the same three day span i think like i think i think isaac did it then i did it then adam did it wow it was awesome (laughs) that's so cool yeah that's amazing i want to ask you about your videos and where your where your inspiration for your filmmaking comes from Um, i just watched the flashing lights video i also had watched the gunkaholics and it's pretty unique, you know, like given how much content there is out there these days, it's kind of rare that you see something that stands out and is refreshing. And like watching your flashing lights video, it's about 10 minutes long for people just, you know, documenting your process on this project and then sending it. There's like a grainy, gritty, like skate vibe element to yeah. it that I really like. It like brings me back to watching the old dosage movies and stuff. And I, I like that. And like, I don't know. I don't know how you do that. I mean, I'm assuming you're filming on an iPhone. Why would you not be? No, um, I'm filming. I'm filming on my. Uh, I have like a Canon T6i that I use to film. Okay. Yeah, and I, I have a Canon T6i and a Canon R800, which is like a handheld one. Okay. And that gives like a really good. It's like new enough to where it looks really good still, and old enough to where it looks kind of skate vibey I'm, mm. I'm not a skater so i can't i wish i was because that's sick but i can't like <laughs> talk about it like that but. <laughs> well where does where does the inspiration come from because you also it's like fun, yeah. your music is really interesting and it fits the vibe and like even the fonts that you use with your lettering on the films and the transitions like everything about it feels kind of older skate vibey yeah. where's that come from it comes from skate like it totally comes from skate videos. I wanted to try to reproduce some of the like awesome videos I was watching, and and like old school climbing videos too, like Josh Lowell Productions. Yeah, every single one of his films I like, it was super inspired by. But I don't know, like I was using the fisheye a lot. I really like the fisheye, 
and a lot of people were hating on it, but it's like so cool. It's, I, I never saw it in climbing. Like, I don't know. I don't want to say I never saw it before I did it, but I, I wasn't watching enough videos maybe, but I never saw it that often. And uh, I thought it was really cool to like to use in climbing, to be honest. Yeah. Are you get, well, so, so what happens next? Are you going to keep using it even though people are hating on yeah. it? <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, go. I'm gonna keep you. I'm using it. Good for you. I guess, I guess I should actually backtrack a little bit. Sorry. The gunkaholics is kind of like the, the skate vibe is what I was going for. More of the, the fish eyes and like the old school, like music and kind of the, I don't know how else to say it besides like the dirty feel. <laughs> like it's like there could be like dirt on the camera or something. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, and then, like, with the flashing lights one, my music choice was, like, it was, I don't know. I like that song a lot, that Creep cover. Mm-hmm. I thought it was sick. And it, it kind of felt like it was, like, ascending kind of thing. Oh, so like building, as I got, yeah. Yeah, exactly. As I got farther along the climb, the music picked up, and it was kind of a different feel. That one was more like a... I feel like to me that one was more like an old school climbing film than a, like an old school skate film. Okay. I don't know how accurate that would be, but that's kind of my that, that that was my vision with those two. Yeah. That's cool. I'm curious what you hope to do with it. Do you have like a yeah. vision for your filmmaking? Uh, you can tie your climbing into it too, but is it just for fun or do you have a bigger hope for it? I I recently I applied to college like as a film major actually. Okay. Yeah, I didn't like. I wasn't really. I, I don't. I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew I loved film. So I was like, okay, I'll I'll apply for this. And uh, in the future, I mean, I would love to make like adventure documentaries or like adventure sport documentaries. Like those are super cool to me. Or even like, uh, I don't know. This is like totally out of my wheelhouse because I make climbing videos. But uh, like watching those like animal animal documentaries on like Discovery Channel or something. <laughs> so cool to me <laughs> nice pretty legendary when you talk about adventure sport documentaries what are some examples what are some ones that you really like uh i think well like the obvious ones like real rock those are great yeah i love those uh like dosage i would count as adventure sport documentaries for sure those are my i think those are my favorite series of movies ever but then also like the uh the ones about like, I mean, I don't ice climb and I, I think it's super like sketchy and it's incredible, but the films about it are crazy good. Mm. Like every ice climbing film I watch makes me want to ice climb. Really? Cause they make me really happy that I like bouldering. <laughs> really? Yeah. I'm always like, what? that's so crazy. How do they, <laughs> maybe, maybe in the back of my head, I'm like, no, don't do that ever. But <laughs> I'm thinking <laughs> I don't know. I'm just teasing you. That's yeah, that's awesome. They are. I mean, what was the one? Um, I think it's in one of the real rocks where it's like Tim Emmett and maybe Conrad in that like ice covered cave where the spray from the waterfall is like freezing on the underside of the oh. overhang. Oh my god. And uh, they're like using a metal detector to find the bolts that have been frozen yeah, yeah. over. Legendary. It's amazing. <laughs> that's crazy. I'll find it. I'll find yes, it for people. Please do. So college film major. Yeah. Yes. Are you, you're 18. Have you, are you still in high school? I am a senior in high school. Yeah. Okay. I am planning on taking a gap year next year. 
Good for and you. Doing a little like road trip actually with it's not like with my friend, but we're going on the same time and we're gonna meet up places basically. Okay. But that's the plan right now. Just road trip around the US, climb as much as I can, and then go to college. All right. Nice. Are you the type of person like do you have a do you have lists of climbs you wanna do? Do you have big goals or do you do you just show up and see what looks cool? Uh I have like climbs here and there I wanna get around to. It's mostly just areas I wanna check out, to be honest. I feel like on like a road trip like that, you can't I mean, I'll pick one hard project or two hard projects for sure, but I'm not going to give myself like five different V14 projects or something Mm -hmm. to just, I don't want to, I don't want to be in one area for too long. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And how do the competitions fit? And are you going to be done with those after juniors? Uh, After, I think during the gap year, I probably won't do any, unless there's like a local comp with finals and stuff. If I'm in like Washington and there's one in Washington, I might as well do it. There's no reason not to. But uh, I think with for like USA climbing, I'll probably take a break from that for a little bit. But I would love to compete in the adult circuit. It's super fun. Okay. Most people that are as good as you are at the competition side don't rock climb as much as you do. I mean, okay, and, that's fair. But uh, uh sorry, I was go ahead. Sorry, yeah. I should have let you finish. But I was before you get too ahead of that. I feel like there's. I'm not like the best comp climber. Okay. I'm not bad, I would say, but there's definitely like, I think both Adam and Isaac, the kids I climb with, they're like really, they both went to Worlds like last year. Okay. It's crazy. But uh, I definitely pride myself on my outdoor climbing more than my indoor climbing. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was just curious that where I was going with that was just to get at like, does your training change depending on your outdoor goals versus competition goals. Cause they're getting so different. I mean, yeah, they're crazy. I guess it kind of ebbs and flows and maybe it's starting to come back a little bit, but like getting used to that coordination stuff and the triple clutch, whatever. Yeah. Um, that's a pretty far cry from sending flashing lights. So yeah, a little bit. Yeah. What is the mix like for you? Are you training that kind of stuff? I, I kind of do both at the same time. I, I'm not like the best at coordination moves, but I'm good enough to where I feel like, I can do them. It'll take me a few attempts, but I can do them. It's usually what I'm missing for comps is usually just the raw power and like the endurance. Mm. So it kind of coincides with my outdoor climbing because that's what I need for outdoor climbing anyways. So I might as well kill two birds with one stone and like train that. Cool. I was going to say, you mentioned Dave Graham. I know when we talked last oh, time, yeah, yeah, you talked about what an inspiration he is, especially with like first ascents and stuff. And I wanted to say that uh, your send of flashing lights was very Dave Graham style. I yeah. wanted to comment on that. You you were wearing <laughs> pants, no shirt, but you're wearing a beanie. Yeah, You even looked like him while you were climbing. I was like, that could have been Dave Graham like 10 years ago. I've actually, <laughs> I pulled up to Rumney one day and some guy was like, oh my God, are you Dave Graham's son? <laughs> <laughs> it was aw- it was i that was like the best compliment i've ever gotten <laughs> yeah even the hair the hair even fits yeah, yeah. the hair it, yeah I, you know honestly that's that's like the best compliment i could get though he's a legend that's awesome he's definitely like my cl- my biggest climbing hero i'd say or at least one of them but, your, your style looks like him it's it's yeah. similar yeah i i think i kind of 
I don't know why. I guess I kind of have the same body type as him. I I feel like yeah. I kind of end up having to tech use technique to get around the like hard hard moves that mm. just require like being able to do a one arm or something. Because mm-hmm. I don't know. I I can do like one one arm, but after that, I'm just hanging there. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's, I think that's more than Dave. So nice work. You're on, you're on your way. Yeah. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Is there anything you watch do? Out, watch out, Dave Graham. Austin's coming. <laughs> <laughs> He's coming for you. Um, as far as training goes, knowing that you have that as a weakness, like raw power, mm-hmm. what helps you work on that? Are you targeting that in a specific way at all? Um, Any exercises or or training routines or anything or or lifts that have helped you the most with addressing weaknesses i guess is what i'm getting at okay uh after you did the dave or the uh drew Ruana interview i actually i meant to start weightlifting because he like <laughs> sold it so well you meant to start <laughs> i meant to start but i never did so that probably what, i wish i could say i did that but i do not but uh i kind of like don't switch much up. I just kind of spray wall. And when I want to get burlier, I just increase the move size and usually use pinches. Okay. For some reason that seems to, for now it seems to work enough to where I'm still able to technique my way through things. Mm. I feel like, uh, I'm pretty decent at coming up with my own beta to work around sequences. Okay. I want to ask you actually some some more questions about the spray wall because uh, like I said, it has come up a number of times recently on the show. It's very compelling. I feel like I should spend more time training on a, a board like oh, yeah. that, whether it's a moon board or a grasshopper or an actual spray wall. Um, you know, there's a ton of videos of Adam Andra on a spray wall and I watch him on that thing and I'm like, that's what I need, you know? Yeah. But I've realized there's one here in Wenatchee. I'm visiting uh, Washington right now to see my family. Oh, shit, yeah. oh, I saw on your Instagram, yeah. Yeah, it's it's been kind of rainy, so I'm in the gym. And there's a spray wall there. And I realized, like, I don't... I think there's a massive um, skill component to it. Like, if there's not set climbs by other people mm-hmm. that are... I mean, we use, like, an app here to keep track of stuff, but... Like Adam, uh, Andre for people seems to be able to like pick holds and make up a boulder without even trying the moves and get the grade almost spot on. You know, he's like, yeah. this will be about eight a, and this, you know, mm-hmm. he just does laps on it or whatever. And I realized like, I am really bad at that. When I had a home wall in bend, um, I had some really good training on this home wall that I made. I set a lot of hard projects for myself, but I had to like really take time and set them and move holds around and things like that. So I'm curious, like, do you have projects on the spray wall? Do you repeat stuff? Are you like making up new stuff every time? Okay. Uh, I feel like I, the way I set my spray wall at home, at least I put up like two projects, like actual set boulder problems first that I knew would be around AB or V13. I was like, I can tell these are hard. They look at my limit. I'm going to put these up and then I set my spray wall around those. Mm. That's, I, that seems to be like the best way I found to set a spray wall. But when it comes to like making problems on the wall, when you, I feel like when you do it long enough, you kind of just, it kind of just makes sense. Mm. Like if I jump to this hold, it has to be th- at least this grade because this hold is hard. And 
this great of a climber can't do it to this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe that goes back to Charlie as well because he put us on the spray wall right away, basically. Hmm. So I've been making up my own problems since like the second year I was climbing. That's cool. Yeah. Do you feel like you can do that when you show up to a spray wall that you've never climbed on before? Yeah, I feel like, yeah, I think I totally can. Okay. I've, I've done it. I went to like New Mexico for one of the national cups and I got one day of training in beforehand and I, I climbed on one of the spray walls there. And I, I don't think I did a single climb that was like set. I think I made up all of my own. Okay. Awesome. And then, okay, so for your wall at home, <clears throat> what happens with those V13 projects? Are you just like spending a little time projecting them every time you train and then doing other stuff? Or do you have specific sessions where you focus on those? There, so sometimes I just got like super psyched and would uh, like dedicate like a session to them. But usually it was try it, I don't know, maybe five attempts, five to 10 attempts. And then I would just move on to the next boulder because I didn't want to spend all my time working on like one thing because mm -hmm. it was usually set in my style as well. Yeah, it was usually set in my style. So I, I like to work on things. I mean, I enjoy working on things that are my style because I know I'm like good at that already. So I'll have a higher chance of getting it. But recently I've learned to enjoy working on like slopers and pinches. Mm. And it, you know, it actually works working on your weaknesses. <laughs> sure enough. Yeah, it is a balance, though. I, I like what you said, because I'm I'm recently realized I've, I've talked about this a couple of times recently, but um, I think I'm excited to double down on some of my strengths in a way that I never have before. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I've actually been a little too obsessive about weaknesses. And I think, yeah, I can. I think it's yeah. important. Yeah, I think. Yeah. What does that look like for you? I mean, like for me, it's just like the, it's crazy. I feel like all my answers are going to be, oh, it's a spray wall. But uh, it kind of is. It's like to train my, my strengths to get, like to get stronger at jumping to crimps. All I do is jump to crimps on the spray wall. I don't, I don't really like hangboard or campus board. I don't know. Like, I don't know. It never really crossed my mind that I should be. And I've, I, I'm still improving without it. So to me, it doesn't make sense to change right now, at least. Yeah, that's smart. Really smart. Okay. I have some uh, questions from patrons for you. Oh, okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've got four questions. These are really fun. <clears throat> and I'll just go through them in, in the order that I got them. So we'll bounce around. Uh, the first one is from Brandon. And Brandon writes... When are you going to start trad climbing? You can't just boulder in the gunks for the rest of your life. And then he said, jokes aside, do you have any roped ambitions in New England? Okay. What's, okay. What's funny is my friend Will Moss recently FA'd like the hardest or one of the hardest trad climbs in the country in the gunks. No way. Yeah. And uh, he like texted me and I'm like really psyched to actually learn trad climbing. I, I want to, I'm like, it's crazy to say out loud, but I want to trad climb. <laughs> I feel like growing up in the gunks, it's kind of a must almost. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's like, doesn't make sense if I don't, but rope, like lead wise, sport wise, I really want to open my like project door to jaws and mm. uh, Romney. 
Yeah. It's like way above my pay grade, but why not? I mean, it's like the hardest climb in the Northeast. There's no reason I should not try it. Yeah. I mean, it, it is in a, in a sense, but it's super short and super bouldery. Yeah, and it's exactly. like, yeah, it seems like it's a style that would suit you. I think the breakdown is like, I'm, I'll probably butcher it and someone will probably make fun of me, but <laughs> it's like V6 boulder into a V12 boulder into like a mini 512 into a V10 or something like that. Okay. So it's like, hey, it's not that long. I just need to train endurance for like a year, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That makes me want to ask you, talking about the gunks again, you spend all your time bouldering there. When I think of the gunks, I think of this, it's it's kind of like Smith Rock or some of any of these other older areas that have history. Um, like it's really taboo to go bouldering in Smith. And yeah. also the bouldering is not that good at Smith. I'm guessing the bouldering at the gunks is better, but um, you just look like a goofball if you walk into Smith with a yeah. crash pad. I'm curious, <laughs> like, is there an old guard at the gunks? Like, what is the vibe? Are people looking at you weird or do you interact with with the guys that put up some of these old trad lines back in the day? I think uh, everybody that put up the hard trad climbs also put up the hard boulders, which is like really oh, cool. okay, yeah. So like Andy Salo, before at least like a month ago, before Will Moss, he had put up the hardest trad climb in the guns. And he had also put up, or at least helped put up some of the hardest boulders. So the gunks has always had like a boulder scene, but I think the trad scene in the gunks, I, well, obviously the trad scene in the gunks is a lot more famous. But you, I feel like uh, you don't, a lot of people bouldering the gunks, like the parking lot's always full. Mm. And at least half of those people are bouldering. Okay. So you you might look a little dumb to a few people, but no. Nice. <laughs> cool. Okay, this question is from Will. What is your favorite crag north of the gunks? North of the gunks. Ooh, that's a good question. I Let's see. I'm a really, really big fan of Pawtuckaway in New Hampshire. Okay. That's That's definitely up there. And then I've only been once, but Acadia in Maine, I think I maybe had one of like the most fun climbing trips there ever. Like I was climbing on a cave that was about 30 feet away from the ocean and you like the waves are crashing. It was so epic Wow! and it's so untapped as well. Like it's absurd. What is the rock type there? So I think the cave I was climbing in was basalt, Okay. which was really cool to climb on. I don't think. You get to climb on that too often, honestly. And then the rest of the island is like nice granite. Okay. It's pretty cool. Like like I said, it's crazy untapped. Will you go somewhere like that on your road trip? Or are you going to check out new areas that you've never been to? Uh, my, my plan is to check out mostly new areas I've never been to. But I would love to uh, spend a little bit of time in the Northeast, at least. Like it's my home. Yeah. I'd love to get a few projects for sure. Yeah. That's funny. I feel the same way about Oregon and Washington. Like I keep I keep getting pulled to Colorado and Utah and spending yeah. more and more time over there. But I always end up coming back. I'm like I'm it's a really yep. long drive, but I really want to send this one thing that is close to my heart, you know. <laughs> I saw I, I saw your post today about the prod. Yeah, I left Joe's yeah. Valley. I left like a perfect forecast in Joe's to come back to like tons of rain just because I was like, I think I can do it. 
<laughs> I think hey, I'll find you know a what? window. Yeah. That's what it takes sometimes. Yeah. Just a barrage. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. I mean, also my family's here, so it's a win-win. Yeah. But... That's another win. Yeah. <laughs> this question is from Jack. It doesn't mean anything to me, but hopefully it'll mean something to you. Okay. Uh, what is your favorite problem on the speed boulder at GB? Ah, Oh man. Can you tell us what the speed boulder is? That's, yeah. So that the boulder is where roses and blue jays is. That is from dosage five. I okay. Think. The video of Paul Robinson climbing it. Okay. I haven't done many boulders on it. So I feel like this is like a trick question to trick me <laughs> into saying the one boulder I've done, which is the bad one. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to say it. I'm just going to say it. Double down. And I'm, I'm sure people, I, like, I don't think many people know what that is, but it's like a two-move V13, basically. Okay. And it's just, like, painful, but I like it. <laughs> okay. Fair yeah. enough. And what does GB stand for? Great Barrington. It's like Great Barrington. the place in Massachusetts where it is, yeah. Gotcha. Okay. <clears throat> cool. I'm glad that question worked. Thank you, Jack. Yeah. Jack knew what was up. Okay, this question is from Avery. And again, it feels like a little bit of a gamble, but I'll go for it. How did you become the master of vert? Oh, God. Okay, Avery is a very good friend of mine. Okay, sweet. Actually, okay. that's awesome. He's actually the guy in, uh, that was like, he, I met him in Maine the first time I went and he gave me like the sick tour and got me super psyched. Nice. Which is pretty funny. But, uh, gosh. I think he's probably asking that in regards to that like nine session project I was talking about beforehand. Okay. That thing is like vert climbing and it's like V13 vert. It's crazy. Okay. Yeah. It's disgusting. <laughs> That's messed up. Yeah. Yeah. Disgusting is a good word. Yeah. I feel like vert climbing, the trick is just pain tolerance. Like I feel like the holds can't get that small because at some point it'll just be impossible. So kind of just like at least the one i did was definitely pain tolerance you say that but um i imagine your your definition of like small but not too small is different than mine (laughs) that's that's probably fair (laughs) yeah yeah um what do you do for your skin anything in particular for something like that uh i i don't do much to my skin i i basically just use climb on that's like the only skin product I use. If I, I wish I was sponsored by them, that would be sick. Oh, here we go. We'll, we'll so serve much. it up. Yeah. <laughs> I, this, starting here, climb on, please. <laughs> You're using enough of it that it would yeah. make a difference financially for you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's great. Dude, you're old school. For an 18-year-old, you're like, you're making these old school videos. You're using nothing but climb on. Hey, you know, that's what you got to do sometimes. Climb invert boulders. <laughs> vert boulders. Oh, wait, I should say the vert boulders are very inspired by John Gaskins in the UK. Okay. I don't know. I don't know if he's like a well-known name, but he's like, I did a lot of research on him one day. Crazy. Like the strongest guy ever. It's absurd. I'll find a video of him. I felt like I had to mention that. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. I'm I'm like vaguely familiar. I know I've watched stuff with him before. Yeah. uh, But yeah, I'll have to refresh myself. Okay. We talked about this earlier. We touched on it, but I want to ask you more about your dad and your relationship with your dad. 
And I want to share a quick story about how we connected because I think it's like, it's funny. It's like very endearing, but I got an email uh, out of the blue from your dad and he basically just raved about, he just gushed about how awesome you were. And he was very kind. He was very complimentary about the show, but just encouraged me to have you on and, and shared a lot of your accomplishments. And I was intrigued, but I get a fair number of those these days, you know, not necessarily dads talking about their sons, but people saying like, oh, you should have this person on there. Awesome. And for everyone listening that sends me guest suggestions, keep sending them because you're right. Like these people are awesome. I just can't keep up. So, but keep sending them. I hold on to them. I tuck them away. Don't worry. But, um, you know, I, I can't remember if I wrote back right away, or maybe I just said like, thanks so much. Really appreciate it. And like, I'll keep him in mind, you know, one of the, one of those sorts yeah, of yeah. answers. And uh, he was really persistent. He sent me like three more emails oh over the course of the next few months. <laughs> but it's just so cool. Like, I, I don't know, it actually really, um, and he was thoughtful and, and well-spoken and all these things. And I'm just like, man, this is like, this is actually really neat. And then I looked more into you and you're a total badass and you deserve to be interviewed. So, so here we are, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, that's a pretty uncommon connection. You know, your dad's so invested in your climbing. My parents are incredibly supportive. And now that I do the podcast, they kind of know what I'm up to, but you know, they would never reach out and be like, my son accomplished all these climbing things for, for one, I'm like, whatever. But, um, (laughs) <laughs> they're just not as into it you know it's it's yeah. it's pretty cool so tell me more about your dad i think he wanted me to race motocross like i think he totally wanted me to race motocross and he did too right well that's what he like still does he recently went to like nevada and did like a four-hour race got second i think wow like, yeah he wanted first though <laughs> 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 but yeah so he wanted me to race motocross and then i tried it for a little bit but like i don't know i i was not a fan i wasn't good at it either so okay but i remember this how many bones is your dad broken oh, racing motocross like i think it's 22 or something <laughs> yeah and that, like half of them are his same leg oh my god <laughs> yeah it's crazy yikes not okay but uh after i like bailed on motocross i found climbing and I mean, he wasn't not going to be supportive because that's just like, that's him. He's going to be supportive no matter what. But I, he had like tried climbing before, so he knew what it was and he knew like the lifestyle, I guess it kind of was hmm. and the projecting pro- and stuff like that. So I think he knew like getting into it that there was like a lot involved, but he's like, I don't know how to, like, he's just like so supportive. It's crazy. I, I wish I could like say it better. And I'm, I'm going to ramble for a second cause I'm trying to find my words. Yeah. I'm sorry. But, um, let's see. Okay. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Go for so it. basically he would just like, he would never not believe in me. Like if I told him I was going to do something, he would take me and like, not like make me do it, but he would be there and encourage me and stuff. I think the best example, and this is the best way I can describe it, the best example would be the night I sent my first V14 nuclear base in New York. He, uh, I didn't want to go. Like, I didn't want to go at all. 
And he just was like, hey, you should go tonight. It's a nice night. We have time. Let's go. And I was like, no, I don't really want to go, blah, blah, making up excuses. And he kind of like made me go. Hmm. Like he like knew I wanted to go, but like I was kind of lazy, but he like dragged me out of the house and (laughs) he like carried just as much as I carried up, which was like a lot. All the camera equipment we hiked up. It was like pitch black, put stuff down. He sets up the camera. He films me. He like does everything. And the only reason I sent it is because of him. Wow. Yeah. That's like the best example. I Hopefully that's not like the the correct answer. That's a great answer. It is what it is. It's a great answer. Yeah. I mean, it paints a very vivid picture of your dad and your connection and his support of you. But that's really interesting. Like it kind of reminds me of your first coach, you know, like that. Yep. That's amazing. But like if given the wrong dynamic or the wrong person that could totally backfire, Yeah. you know, like completely. does that ever, does that ever feel like too much pressure? Uh no honestly no because you needed it yeah i like he can tell you know what i mean yeah yeah. if if i genuinely don't want to do something he can tell but he knew i wanted it bad like that's cool i was talking about it he's like why don't we just go i was like (laughs) nah but then we did that's so cool nuclear base is that related to nuclear war yeah it's like a a left variation that bryce viola fa'd okay yeah, it's like, I think, um, and not to like talk myself, like play anybody down or play myself down, but uh, I think it's like on the lower end of the grade. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. Some people, yeah, no. I mean, there's always drama, but climbing grades exist on a spectrum, you know? They're exactly. not like perfectly divided into these these numbers. It's all, it's all like whatever it feels like to you, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. What's next for you? You've you got this trip to Bishop coming up. Yep. I got this trip to Bishop. That's pretty I'm very excited for that. I'm not like I want the swarm bad, but I'm mostly like I'm going to broaden my horizons cuz I don't get out very much like big trip wise. Mm. But so that trip is like to broaden my horizons and open my eyes up to kind of like new possibilities. But locally i found this new like mega project or not found i can't say that i rediscovered this mega project and like 15 minutes from my house it's perfect it's like it's a total dave grand boulder too what do you mean by that toe hooks hooks, heel hooks (laughs) it has everything it's crazy cool but that's probably like the next big i can't i do not imagine i'll send it this year it's very hard but uh i would love to do that at some point that's amazing, man. This is just like some forgotten thing again. Yeah, it's it was too hard for whoever it's tried crazy it. Crazy good too. I think Ken Murphy, another like local legend, FA'd the stand start. It goes about V eleven. It's like a one mover into like this high ball V nine top out. Oof. And then the sit start. I worked I'm working the sit moves right now. I have I've done one of them out of like five. Damn. And like they're all possible. I can okay. like touch the holds, but holding the moves is a, it, it must add like minimum like V14 into the stand. Wow. It's crazy. I don't want to like throw grades around. But right, that's, right. Like, my best guess at the moment. Okay. Not to put you on the spot, but given yeah. j- just to like, just out of curiosity of like how the climbing al- algorithms work. Yep. <laughs> so I'm always interested. Oh, yeah. Here we go. 
Yeah, like let's say it is V14 into the stand. What does that add up to? Uh, I think a lot of people would like stand by this whole idea of the formula. Like, yeah, share the formula. Um, I think I'm not like a pro on it, but I think it's like <laughs> you add up the two boulders, like V11 plus V11, and then you divide it by like you add up and then you take the average and divide it or add two to the average. Okay, you add them together, divide by two, then add two. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Uh, I so two elevens would be a thirteen if it was like yeah. V eleven straight into V eleven. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe in the formula at all. Okay. To be completely honest. Why is that? I like I respect it for sure, but I think <laughs> I feel like climbing is just like so, like personal. Like to me, flashing lights fell V14. Like it was my hardest boulder problem that I've done. So by those standards, it would be V14. But maybe to someone else, it's not V14. Maybe they was like, okay, that felt like V13. But to me, it still felt like my hardest. Mm. So I feel like it's all just like super subjective. And like, if you do a V11 into a V12, it'll probably be harder than doing a V12 into a V11. Ah, right. So it doesn't, I don't know, it doesn't necessarily make sense to me. That, yeah, that makes sense to me too, what you're saying, because it also so depends on the style, right? Like if you yeah. have, let's, let's take that example and extrapolate it. So you have like a V12 yep. into a V11, but you have like a one mover 12 into like an endurance yeah. 11. Exactly. That's like so, so much easier than a long endurance V11 into a one mover V12. Like that's yeah. like so much easier. Right. Those are grades and grades apart. Like I understand the appeal for the formula, like why people want it. Yeah. But I don't think it's done right. Yeah. And if like the hard moves are all similar, like if they're all crimp moves or if they're all bicep moves or whatever, that's going to be really different too than if there's variety. There's like, there's like a V12 in the gunks that I would, I'd 100% do if it wasn't all of the exact same like crimps in a row and it just hurts. Like the joints just get tired. Hmm. Like if it, if, if I didn't get tired, I think I could do it. If that, I feel like that kind of relates to. Yeah. 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 Huh. Yeah. Cool. (laughs) I like it. There we go. That's my controversial opinion on grades. All right, man. Well, I, I was going to ask you, um, I'm still going to ask you kind of what your vision is for your own climbing and, and where you see this going. And maybe your homework is, you know, to become the person that comes up with a better formula. Yeah, you know what? <laughs> Maybe that's your life's work. I will gladly try. I will gladly try. <laughs> it is necessary. It's going to be like algorithmic. It's going to be really complicated. <laughs> Multivariable calculus. I'm going to need friends to help me with this one. <laughs> but yeah, I want to ask you that. What What is your vision for your own climbing? And by that, I mean, where do you hope to end up? What do you hope mm-hmm. to accomplish? You know, Do you have any deeper goals or dreams for your life as a climber? Yeah, I mean, like, the obvious dream is like a pro climb. I mean, how it'd be like a dream of mine to be like Dave Graham or Daniel Woods or something, or especially Dave Graham going around to all these crazy, beautiful places, developing boulders. Like that's his job. That's awesome. That's definitely a dream of mine. But at the moment, I think probably five years kind of thing is just like develop the Northeast. That's kind of been my goal and it continues to be my goal. Hmm. I, I, 
I don't know. I there's something special about New England to me. It's maybe because I was born here and I've lived my entire life here. But the climbing here, I go other places and I don't know. It's it's awesome. Like the only other place I've been that I was like, this is just as good as my favorite places in the Northeast is Tahoe. Other than that, I've kind of been like disappointed almost. Wow. I think it's just wow. like a just like a local thing. It must be because. I mean, I know, like, Joe's Valley is amazing. Yeah. But to me, like, I would rather climb in the gunks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I get that. I mean, I um, I can relate to that in a way. Like, I started climbing in Leavenworth, and I was pretty late. I started when I was your age, and yeah. I just graduated high school. Uh, so a little older than you, I guess. But um, I started in Leavenworth and climbed at the school gym where I went to college in their dingy little entrepreneur imprint gym and uh all my summers were back in leavenworth and that's really where i cut my teeth and it continues to be the place where i've like grown the most and learned the most and i just love it it's really special but like Mm -hmm. i had no idea how good it was yeah you know like i i knew it was fun but i didn't you know like you see posters of all these other places and you just assume like this is my dinky little home crag right and then i started traveling around and going to Bishop and going to Waco and going to, um, you know, Rocky mountain and going to Joe's and like those, I love all those places. They're all incredible, but the more places I go, the more I appreciate what I had at home. And and that goes for sport climbing too. Like my first sport climbing crag was this obscure crag in the Northwest in Washington, like the corner of Washington. And it gets a lot of rain and the access is kind of tricky, but like route for route, it's still one of my favorite places that I've ever sport climbed. And yeah, it's just it's awesome. so fun that there's like that much climbing to do all across exactly. this this country and this world. There's so much out there. Exactly. And you'll, I mean, you'll never climb all of it, which is like the crazy right. part. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's okay. fun. That used to stress me out. Really? <laughs> yeah. Cause I'm such a, like, I'm such an engineer that makes like lists and wants to cross all <laughs> the things off, you know? But That's then awesome. eventually like the list got so absurdly long yeah. that I was like, oh, okay. I don't have to do all like, these things. I can like yeah, wait a minute. focus on the ones I want to do. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I feel, yeah. I have like lists of climbs I want to do in Fontainebleau and I, I'm not going to go there and probably for another eight years. I, <laughs> there's no reason I need lists. That's great, man. Well, what are, what are you excited about outside of climbing right now? What's got you fired up? I mean, I feel like college is a pretty big deal, but I mean, my life, like, I I love climbing so much. It's not, I don't do much else. Are you going to pick your college based on the climbing nearby? Yeah, more or less. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I have to. It wouldn't make yeah. sense to go somewhere with no climbing. Totally. Where, do you already know where you're going? Uh, I've, I don't know. where I applied like two weeks ago, so I didn't get, I, I have no clue yet. Okay. But I applied to uh New Paltz, which is like right next to the Gunks, so that makes sense. Then I applied to Boulder University, okay. that makes sense. And UC Davis, those are my top three because Tahoe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Nice. So it's kind of like it's kind of all over the place. Like I will gladly go. Uh, I'll go out west gladly, but I'll also gladly stay here. Nice. Yeah. Well, right on, man. Anything else that uh, you were excited to talk about that we didn't get to? Uh. Oh, I, I'll plug, uh, me and my dad, we, we created a, a climbing company actually. Okay. Called Beta Lab. Okay. We produce like chalk bags and 
we want to do more. We're we're gonna start producing chalk as well. Okay. But that's like, I think we he started that to teach me about business. Oh, but, that's cool. Yeah. It 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 we kind of we just run it out of our basement kind of thing. But we start we started to see a lot of like our of our chalk bags around the Northeast like kind of dominant almost, which is really cool. That is super cool. Beta Labs. Yeah. Okay. I'll uh, I'll find your stuff. I'll link to your website. Yeah, please do. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I I remember this now. We talked about this. You talked about like, you talked about like a dream or desire to start like a skate style clothing brand or oh know, yeah. something like that too. Is that is that like? Do you see that tying into this at all, or is that something totally separate? I was gonna. Well, I wanted to do. I don't know. For some reason, in my head, I had this idea of like making cool shirts and stuff and like sweatshirts i just i like wearing sweatshirts so i think having cool ones would be awesome (laughs) so uh i was thinking about starting a company like not like it's not beta labs but it's associated with it and maybe doing some kind of i I never got around to it or haven't got around to it yet but that reminded me of it that that, yeah (laughs) there you go thank you nice what um as far as beta labs go what sets your stuff apart from other chalk bags is it like a style design thing is it the actual function Mm -hmm. it's uh well it has like this in the front it has a pocket you can use your phone through it so it's like i I, it's i don't know what the material is called but you put your phone into the pocket and you can like tap apps and receive phone calls and it's a see-through thing so you can it kind of is like a tripod as well. You can prop your phone up and video from it. Okay. It's also water resistant. So we've we've put it in streams and just like to test it. And it's completely like all the chalk inside is fine. Okay. The bag doesn't get wet. It's like it's meant for snowy and muddy conditions as well. Okay. And it also has like a pencil holder for like the comp climbing. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I'm looking at it now. Betalabsusa.com. Yep. Nice. They don't have too much on the website right now, but we're trying to get more. Okay. We have a new uh we have new colors of chalk bags coming in soon as well. That's amazing. Your dad started this to teach you about business. Yeah. Yeah. He wanted he told me uh he wanted me to be able to take it over at some point and where we can make it profitable. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. That that is cool. Has it um do you like it? Like, has it sparked your own new ideas for other businesses, other products, things like that? Uh, I'm, I mean, I've never been so like crazy interested in that kind of business, but it definitely sparked like the, uh, the idea of being able to have your own business. Mm. Like I never really thought of that before. And, uh, beta lab, like through beta labs, I wanted to start a media company. Hmm. So like continue to do the chalk bags and stuff, but also produce videos and maybe have a budget or something. Mm. I think that that's like the, one of the end goals for me at least. Awesome. Thanks dude. This has been super fun. Really good to get to know you a little bit. Um, glad, glad we finally made this happen. Yeah, me too. This is awesome. And, uh, yeah, let's stay in touch. I want to, I want to follow your, uh, your trip to Bishop. When are you going again? I'm going December 27th through January 9th. Okay. I think I'll miss yeah. you. I might actually go down through Bishop, but I, th- oh, I think dang. it'll be like early December. I think I'll I'll be in Waco by then. 
during my road trip, I'm planning on uh, hitting up uh, Washington, actually. Nice. So if you're around, I'll I'll holler at you. If you're around, that'd be sick. That'd be great, man. Yeah, yeah. I can I can give you the uh, I can give you the outdated Leavenworth tour. Hell yeah, hell <laughs> the Leavenworth tour from like ten years ago before all this <laughs> new stuff got put up. So now I walk around, I'm like, what's that thing? Like, <laughs> when when did that get done? It's like crazy. It's so much. It's so much. It's really good. It's really fun. Yeah, yeah. It looks amazing. Yeah. Right on, dude. Appreciate your yeah. time and. Yeah. Um, I'm happy to be here. I, this is like a dream come true. So thank you. Okay, great. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll tag climb on. Try to get you some free. Oh please, oh, <laughs> free I'd product. To, I gotta plug my sponsors as well. I feel like yeah, that's something I should do. And they, like, <laughs> be, uh, what Beta Labs? That's our company. Batora, climbing nice. shoes, Brightstone lights, decoy climbing holds, uh, Ranger ready repellents. Those are like there thank you what was the what was the lights thing what is that brightstone oh it's like this i think it's i didn't know it until recently but i think it's like a a northeast climbing lights brand okay it's like specifically climbing lights it's pretty cool cool brightstone climbing all right i'll link to it i'll check it out yeah the gunk sap and get stoked app oh nice there we go nice thank you there we go (laughs) thanks for letting me do that (laughs) of course man (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah thanks again really fun to get to know you a little bit thank your dad for me too really fun Will to do. uh <laughs> to connect with him yeah. and to hear more about him but yeah thank you for everyone listening really appreciate yeah. you guys much love and we'll see you next time One thing we didn't mention is your newsletter. Do you want to share that oh. with people? Yeah. So my dad, uh, he he like is in the bike industry and a lot of the pro racers do a monthly newsletter. So he was like, why don't you do that for climbing? There's no reason it, it, it won't work. So he like really egged me on. So I finally did it. And I got a lot of positive feedback for it. Like it seemed like a lot of people liked it. Nice. All it is is like a... Uh, Basically, like how my month has gone, my progression, what I've done, what I'm going to do. It's just like an update on my climbing, or I guess my life in general. Yeah. That's cool. You gonna keep at it? Yeah. I'm. Uh, let's see. It is. I usually do it on the 16th of every month, so it should. The next one will be out November 16th. Okay. I'm gonna try to keep at it. Okay. And where can people find that? I need to add. Uh. Hmm. That's actually a good question. I need to like, <laughs> usually I need to like add an email or something. Uh, can do, huh? I don't know. Maybe like if you want, if you want to be on it, they can just DM my Instagram. That's the best way. Okay. At Hoyt.Austin. Okay. Yeah. And All then right. I'll just add you on it. You got to, you got to have a link for that, man. You got to have a sign up link. Sign I've up button. I never thought about that before. That's crazy. <laughs> I actually did do that. I mean, that's cool that you have people reading it without, without having a way for people to sign up to it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think we like, 
sent it to a few people and then they sent it to a few other people. So nice. it's like a nice little trickle effect. Nice. Yeah, that means it must be must be working. Yeah, hopefully. I guess the goal in it is like get my name out there more. Yeah. Any press is good press. <laughs>